Hello, and thank you for listening to another Minutes with Maurice podcast. Today, we will review lifetime events of a recently deceased film star. However, to begin with, I think it is important to consider how his last name is pronounced. I am speaking of Sidney Poitier, or as it is more routinely pronounced, Portier. It is a name descended from a French heritage. I was probably four or five before English became my primary language, and Canadian French was relegated to my second language. French-Canadian remained the primary language for my parents and their close friends. During a Saturday night of penny poker, it was unusual to hear anyone speak in English. All of this is to explain why I will be pronouncing Sidney's name in a French accent rather than the English phonetic manner many are accustomed to. Sidney Poitier was born on February 20th, 1927, in Miami, Florida. He was the youngest of seven children born to Evelyn and Reginald James Poitier a Bahamian farmer who owned a farm on Cat Island. They would travel to Miami to sell their harvest to wholesalers. Sidney was born prematurely while his parents were in Miami on business. He was not expected to survive, but his parents remained in Miami to nurse him to health. His birth in the United States entitled him to U.S. citizenship, but he grew up in the Bahamas, then a British territory. At 15 and living in Miami with his brother's large family, he found it impossible to adjust to the racism in Jim Crow era Florida. At 16, he moved to New York City, looking to become an actor while holding a string of jobs as a dishwasher. After failing his first audition due to his inability to fluently read the script, an elderly Jewish waiter sat with him every night for several weeks, helping him to improve his reading by using the newspaper. In November 1943, he lied about his age and enlisted in the Army. Assigned to a Veterans Administration hospital, he was trained to work with psychiatric patients. Upset with how the hospital treated patients, he feigned illness to obtain a discharge. He found a doctor sympathetic to his beliefs, and a discharge under Section 8 was granted in December 1944. After leaving the Army, he went back to work washing dishes until he landed a role with the same company where he had failed his first audition. But he was rejected by audiences because tone deafness made him unable to sing, which was expected of black actors at the time. In 1947, Poitier was a founding member of the Committee for Negro in the Arts. 
an organization committed to a left-wing analysis of class and racial exploitation. He landed his breakthrough film role as a high school student in the 1955 film Blackboard Jungle. In 1958, Poitier starred in The Defiant Ones with Tony Curtis. Both actors received nominations for Best Actor. Sidney's was the first for a black actor. By 1964, he had won an Academy Award and Golden Globe for Best Actor for Lilies of the Field. During the remaining 60s decade, he continued to break ground with movies concerning issues of race and race relations. Starting with the 1970s, he directed a variety of comedy films, and after nearly a decade away from acting, he returned to television and film in 1988, starting in Shoot to Kill and Sneakers in 1992. From 1997 to 2007, he was the Bahamian ambassador to Japan. Also during that time, he served as the Bahamian ambassador to UNESCO. Poitier was first married to Juanita Hardy from April 29, 1950 until 1965. In 1959, he began a nine-year affair with actress Diane Carroll. He married Joanna Shimkus, a Canadian actress, on January 23, 1976, and they remained married for the rest of his life. He had four daughters with his first wife and two with his second. In addition to his six daughters, he had eight grandchildren and three great-grands. His sixth daughter, Sidney Temaya Poitier, is an American television and film actress. She began her acting career in the late 1990s. In 2001, she landed her first role on television in the NBC drama series, First Years. On January 6, 2022, Mr. Poitier died at his home in Los Angeles, California, at the age of 94. The hundreds of tributes and statements honoring his life and times serve to cement the legacy of warmth, compassion, and stature of a man who overcame a poor beginning by determination in an unwelcoming populace that demanded performances to a standard higher than his Caucasian competitors. Thank you for listening to this podcast, and be sure to check on forward to listen to the next podcast when I bring you a recap of the life of Lucille Ball. In the meantime, I am Maurice St. Germain.